freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches it's critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com, the network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, April 29th, 2012. Have a great show lined up for you here today. And we are going to be continuing our ongoing solution-oriented approaches for changing human consciousness. And today we're going to continue to talk about conscience, justification, and apophysis, or saying no. And I'm going to get into an allegorical examination of four major Hollywood films that deal with this concept of saying no, that deal with apophysis. That's coming up today on What on Earth is Happening. I have several event announcements, some pretty uh, exciting things to talk about uh, in the first segment and then probably into the second segment. A couple of quick things about minor uh, issues or problems uh, uh, with technical things. Last week there was a minor audio issue uh, going on with the bumper music where it was cutting me off and there was no overlap between me and the bumper as soon as it came in. That has been cleared up and that should not be a problem this week so I wanted to apologize for that. It looks like it was an oversight on a setting on my part uh, in uh, the broadcasting software that we use to uh, send the voice out over the airwaves. So um, I took care of that and it is now corrected and that should and be uh, plaguing the show anymore. Uh, the second minor uh, technical change is I did upgrade the content management system software on my website, whatonearthishappening.com, and I shortened or truncated or abbreviated, however you want to look at it, uh, some of the URLs for the web pages and the uh, subsections within the web page, uh, within the website. So if you had bookmarks to certain places, you might want to update those bookmarks. All of the links within the site should still work, and um, uh, you just want to update your bookmarks. And if you're seeing that certain links don't work, before reporting them, uh, just um, uh, empty the, the uh, cache of your web browser, and you might want to quit 
the web browser and then restart it as well. That will often get rid of those uh, glitches. Um, so uh, I just want to let people know it was a minor upgrade to the content management system that's done. It will probably not be noticeable at any level by most people. But uh, if you are noticing certain links uh, not working, try to refresh uh, or empty your web browser cache first. And if you still find that things aren't working, then you could send me an email and let me know. Um, I was on the show Occult Empire with Bob from Cincinnati this past Monday, April 23rd, and wow, was it a memorable one. I'm going to tell you all about it and tell you uh, where to go to listen to that and to check the resources that were discussed during that great show this past Monday on the other side of this break. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. All right, let's continue with the event announcements. And uh, I have some really good news uh, for people today. Uh, some bad news, too. Um, the, part of the good news is that the show that I did with Bob from Cincinnati on his show, Occult Empire, uh, this past Monday, April 23rd, is up in the news section. It's actually the first news item on uh, the latest news section on the left-hand side of the website. And uh, while this show was uh, um, phenomenal, if I dare say so myself, we got pretty deep into esoteric Rosicrucianism. And if you go uh, to the news page or click on the news item, uh, as it is right now under latest news, the first item, you'll be taken to a page uh, that is headlined, Mark Explores the Rosicrucian Tradition on Occult Empire. And you could listen to the broadcast there. You could also click in to go to uh, Occult Empire's page. And underneath uh, the, the uh, player um, and the uh, image for the show, there are a ton of resources about the Rosicrucian tradition that will basically explain what this tradition is all about to any who are curious, who any who want to go deeper into this form of occultism and understand what it is really teaching people. Uh, and it will help to dispel a lot of misconceptions on Rosicrucianism and also on the light occult in general. So there are probably over 50 um, documents posted, something to that effect, uh, maybe, maybe uh, somewhere a, a little bit less than that, posted to the news section uh, on uh, the headline that says, Mark Explores the Rosicrucian Tradition on Occult Empire. Please do check out those resources. There's also a great video there. I didn't get a chance to mention it on the show. But it's called The Rosicrucian Science of Initiation, which is a lecture by Robert Gilbert, who is uh, an excellent Rosicrucian initiate who does a great job of explaining this uh, positive occult tradition. So check that video out as well. And um, let me let uh, any feedback is welcome also. So I have one piece of bad news. The 
venue that we usually hold the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night, uh, screening and discussion night at, has uh, gone away. Uh, the building has been sold. Uh, the business, I, I think, uh, is either relocating or packing up shop. I'm not sure which, but one thing is definitely for certain. A media bureau has sold uh, the building that they were operating out of. And therefore, we no longer have access to that venue. So I have a couple of places in mind. I don't know whether they're going to work out. I'm going to try to work something out over the next week. But if anyone in the Philadelphia area who may be listening to the show has any um, ideas uh, that could pan out, could actually pan out, uh, regarding where we could host the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentaries, please send an email to me, uh, mark at whatonearthishappening.com, and let me know because we need to find another uh, venue and uh, hopefully we'll be able to find one before the last Wednesday of um, May, which will be um, Wednesday, May 30th, okay, which is the next scheduled documentary night for Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. I don't know if that will be happening yet or not. Uh, because it will be dependent on whether we have secured a venue for the screening. So that's the piece of bad news. Um, another piece of good news is that I will be appearing on occult science radio with Curtis Davis, known as the Illuminated One, on Monday, May 7th, 2012 at 8.30 p.m. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I'll post the link to that show uh, in the news section as well. Now for the big announcement. And I want people to really listen up because this is going to be huge, okay? I still, to this day, get tons and tons of complaints on a regular basis about commercials. Mark, your information is powerful, but I can't stand the commercials, okay? There's so many commercials on your show, blah, blah, blah. I have to listen through them, and it distracts my train, train of thought, my attention span, etc. And people are constantly complaining about this. Personally, I kind of think it's just because people like to complain, you know, like to have something that they can, uh, you know, uh, babble on about. But that that's me. Maybe it's just their attention span is very weak due to years of abuse or neglect or not working it. Personally, I have the attention span of probably a thousand people and I could barrel through any information no matter how dry, unpalatable, unpalatably presented, uh, boring or um, commercial-laden it happens to be because that is the strength of my will. And if I want information, I'm going to uh, gather it regardless of what I have to put up with. That's me, and I realize that's not everyone. So I've come up with something to uh, finally let these people put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Okay, And we understand why there are commercials you know, uh, because there's 
bandwidth required to put on a live radio network. This isn't a podcast. Yes, it goes into my podcast section after it is archived, after being recorded live, but this is a live radio network. It isn't something that is recorded in a studio and then posted afterward to the website. This is over the air live so that we can actually talk with people, get feedback, interview guests, uh, you know, in person and as it is happening. Okay. And there's a dynamic that goes along with a live radio show that makes it very much more preferable to many people rather than a podcast format. That's why people tune into radio stations and listen to them live. They want to hear new, fresh information Okay, that is happening while they're listening to it, that is going out over the years while they're listening to it. So to finally give people an opportunity to make this particular radio broadcast commercial-free, I have come up with a plan and approved it with one of the owners of Oracle Broadcasting, Doug Owen, and he's willing to work with this plan. What we're going to do is make the radio spot that is normally open to a commercial sponsor able to be purchased by anyone who wants me to continue to speak in that spot ad-free. In other words, a listener out in the listening audience can support the network and this radio show by purchasing a radio spot that would ordinarily be bought by sponsors, okay? And they can then, if, if we get enough of them, we can I can talk through those spots, okay? So if you're willing to buy that spot, that, that ad space, okay, of a three-minute segment, let's say, because that's, I, I believe, what it is, you can get in touch with me, and I will tell you who you can get in touch with to work out arrangements to actually purchase an, a segment of ad space so that that radio, uh, that commercial segment will be removed, and I will be able to continue speaking through that segment commercial-free. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do that on the other side of the break. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. All right, folks, we're back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. To continue with the big announcement regarding the possibility to support the network, to support this show, and to uh, make the show go commercial-free, you can get in touch with me at mark at whatonearthishappening.com. You email me if you are serious about purchasing a spot. I do not have the costs available right now. Okay. We can, you, you will talk to someone at the network regarding that. All right. Uh, I won't give that out over the air. Someone who is serious about purchasing an ad spot to make it go commercial free on this show, um, can email me mark at what on earth is happening.com in the title, in the title, uh, I'm sorry, the subject of the email, you want to put commercial free sponsorship, commercial free sponsorship. Put that in the subject of the email so I will know it is re in reference to you being serious about buying an ad spot on Oracle 
to allow me to continue to broadcast the information here on what on earth is happening commercial free. Okay. And now if we do not have uh, people stepping up and the show, you continue to hear commercials on the show, you'll know it's because no one wanted to actually step up, support the network, pay, help pay for the bandwidth uh, that is required to send uh, this information out over the airwaves live, okay, and put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. And, um, you know, the, all of the opportunity is available to do just that right now. Okay, so uh, I want to thank uh, Doug Owen for uh, you know uh, accepting uh, that proposal to work with that idea, and hopefully we will have some takers on that. We will have some people who do want to step up and not just complain, but actually do something about it. And uh, again, it would be purchasing a three the three minute ad spots. Um, so that I could talk straight through them. And, you know, if you want to do it in, in groups, you get together in a group, you know, people can put up, each person can put up a, a portion that is required and you could all do it together. You know, so it, it, as long as the network is being supported and bandwidth costs are being, uh, you know, uh, covered, um, the network is willing to work with this plan. So I don't want to hear any more complaints I've already said that many times, but people continue to send me stuff. So I thought about it even a little bit more and said, let's think outside the box. How can we make that happen? And th there is a way to make it happen, but people have to be willing to put their resources, uh, invest their resources into something that they want to see happen and something that they want to see occur, and then they can make it happen. So that's uh, a huge announcement. And um, uh, again, send email to Mark at what on earth is happening and in the subject put commercial free sponsorship and I will get back to you and let you know uh, who you can contact to discuss what that would cost and again if someone doesn't have the money to do it by themselves some may uh, some may not you could partner with a group of people and put this together but as long as the network uh, you know receives payment for that time slot it, like another commercial sponsor would purchase that slot um, they will open it up and let me talk through it. So we've worked out an arrangement and there it is on the table for anyone who really wants to make this a commercial free show here on Oracle. Okay. So that having been said, I have one more quick thing before we jump into the subject material. Uh, today is the 29th of April. In two days, it will be May 1st. It will be the end of what is known as the occult season of sacrifice. And nothing huge has occurred during this particular 40-day uh, time period known as the season of sacrifice between March 22nd and May 1st. I'm going to go out on a limb and say May 1st may be the day to watch for. And if nothing happens, wonderful. But if something does happen, people will be able to say, hey, I heard it on this show and, you know, uh, there's a correlation being made here. May 1st is a huge date in the dark occult. Okay, It is the highest Sabbath or holiday, if you want to look at it that way, of the occult year. It is known as Valpurgisnacht or the Night of St. Valpurgis, okay? also called Beltane in older occult traditions. And this is a day that is traditionally associated with sacrifice in occult traditions because it is the midpoint of the spring season. And 
crops have basically been planted and you're looking for a bountiful harvest. So a blood sacrifice traditionally in the form of an animal may be offered to the earth during that time period to kind of appease the gods or appease the spirits of nature, appease the sun and the earth so that a bountiful harvest will come about uh, during harvest season at the end of the growing season. Uh, this is where this belief goes, uh, uh, stems from, okay? But it is extraordinarily twisted and perverted to a high degree in the modern world, uh, resulting in this uh, practice of sacrificing large numbers of people or staging an event such as a false flag event during this 40-day window, this 40-day time period known as the season of sacrifice from the um, spring equinox to the midpoint of spring. And we've talked about this before on the show. I did a, a, a show, almost an entire show about it. You can look uh, that up on the podcast page in the archives and listen to that. And There's associated imagery along with that. But I just wanted to say this um, Tuesday okay, is May 1st which is the end of this particular season of sacrifice window. And Tuesday, as we know, is a day that dark occultists also like to pull different events, false flag events, etc., because it is the astrotheological day that represents the god of war. Tuesday, in the French language, is Mardi, and of course that stands for the god Mars, or the planet Mars, who in the Roman tradition was the god of war. This is Partially, I believe, why 9-11 was chosen to be conducted on a Tuesday because it was a, a false flag event or a sacrifice, a human sacrifice event that was uh, geared to bring us into war and therefore invoked on a Tuesday. This is how the dark occult works. They love symbol. They love ritual. Okay, They love repetition. They do things on a schedule. They do things according to ritual. So I'll put it out there to say just watch for the possibility of some kind of a terror event or false flag event this coming Tuesday. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I'm saying it would be um, definitely within the keeping of the tradition and rituals of dark occultism for them to attempt to pull something on this day. Okay, so that is just out there. I wanted to put that out there, and that's all I'll say about that. So I want to direct everyone's attention to the What on Earth is Happening website. On the radio show page, as usual, underneath the player are images for today's show. They are numbered, uh, numbered links. Okay, you can click on them and follow along with a virtual slideshow. Uh, of the concepts and ideas that I'll be discussing here today on the show. In the first uh, part of the show, I'm going to review some information about conscience and justification, and then hopefully at the very top of the second hour, I will be getting into apophysis and the allegorical um, meaning of the four movies that I want to briefly break down and look into today on the show, which is, uh, which are The Matrix... Uh, the first Matrix movie, Equilibrium, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and another film known as The Box. That's coming up on the show today. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. We'll be right back after these words. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. Last week, we continued to talk about the concept of the non-support of dominators. And this is going to be the topic over the next many weeks. I'm going to cover this until I feel comfortable that I have said what I wanted to say. And I'm going to say that in an uninterrupted way as far as taking calls goes. I'm not going to be taking calls today or in the next few weeks until I'm through with the non-support of Dominator's solution. After that, we will have two entire call-in shows. And people can voice their opinions, uh, bring up information regarding this topic, this solution that I have proposed and basically talk about it uh, in whatever way they wish uh, to bring up on the air. But today, I'm going to continue with the examination of what conscience really is, and statements that I made last week, which could have possibly been taken in a very harsh way, or in an unpleasant way, or even in an offensive way by many people, and that's fine. They're, They're totally entitled to feel that way. Um, That's not going to change the truth of the statement that I made one bit because I said that no one who has ever, ever done the job of being in the institutions of the military and the police has ever truly had a developed conscience. They are not in ownership of a developed conscience if your job is to follow orders and you continue to be a part of that institution, institutional body. It is an impossibility. It is a contradiction in terms. It is an antithesis of what it means to actually be in possession of a true conscience. And you can have a problem with that statement all you want. And as I have often say on the show, get as offended about it as you like. It does, will never make that statement untrue, okay? And I know that's extremely difficult for most people to comprehend because they're under a form of mind control that we talked about at the beginning of this section called emotional mind control. This is the inability to separate out one's feelings from the rational thoughts regarding what is true or what is not true. You're not hearing the actual truth that is contained in a statement. You're thinking about how does that affect my feelings? And in trying to think with feelings, you're not ever reaching rational, logical truth. You're not actually able to comprehend and take in the understanding of conscience. You're not able to take in the understanding of natural law, the understanding of what a right is actually is versus what a right is not ever okay and that's what why we're in this mess folks we're in this mess because of that level of emotional mind control that people can't separate out their feelings and they want to graft their feelings onto an external situation feelings that they have for an individual And often it's because they know someone who was involved in these institutions. And so do I. My grandfather served in the military. So did my father. Okay? 
it doesn't make one iota of difference. I would tell them that they really deeply did not have an understanding or a true hold, true possession of what a conscience actually is. And there's a reason for that. Okay? So in looking at the images on the uh, slides on the radio show page, one, two, and three are, are images that have been up there over the last few weeks. Okay? This is the section called The Way Out in these the series of talks or presentations or radio shows, however you want to look at them. I put the actual solutions that I have listed in the next slide, slide number two. Slide number three is the solution known as the non-supportive dominators. And this, we have talked in this section about knowing what conscience really is. It is the possessing, possession of the definitive knowledge of the difference between right and wrong under natural law. And that is, that definition for what conscience really is, is given on slide number four. And conscience, of course, comes from the Latin language con sciere, which means to know together, okay? Con meaning together, uh, prefix, um, and sciere, scio sciere, meaning to know. So it's common sense, knowledge, okay? This is something that we should know together, that we should be in common possession of. Conscience is about ownership. It is about possession of knowledge, having knowledge, not having an opinion. Conscience has nothing to do with an opinion. It has nothing to do with feeling about information. It only has to do with whether you definitively know whether something is right or wrong. That's it. And th that can be known because right and wrong are not, are not subjective. They are not um, something that are open to interpretation or likes, dislikes, feelings, um, anything like that. They are objective realities, objective realities in natural law that work 100% flawlessly 100% of the time. And people have a problem with that because they don't like to hear that anything is absolute. We've been brainwashed into thinking that the entire universe is something that is relative. And it is not. When it comes to natural law, there is no relativity. Relativity does not apply to behavioral consequence laws. And maybe we should stop even referring to it as natural law because people go to Darwinism when they hear the word natural. That's where their mind has been conditioned through mind control to go. Oh, you're talking about the survival of the fittest. No, I'm not talking about survival of the fittest, not in any way, shape, or form. I'm talking about the antithesis of survival of the fittest. I'm talking about survival of those who really understand the laws of nature and have raised their consciousness up to a higher plane to understand causality. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about natural law. But unfortunately, most people's brainwashed mind cannot take in the concept of the, a word that is carried by the word natural. They immediately think Darwinian evolution and survival of the fittest. And, and the law of the jungle, meaning, oh, let me just take whatever I, I can and do whatever I can to you to survive. That's not what natural law is. They th immediately think of animals and law, law of the jungle as it has been 
you know, indoctrinated into people's minds to believe. We should maybe start calling it the laws of behavioral consequences. That there are inescapable consequences for the result of the behavior that we enact into the world. That we will experience that which we put out. Period. That, that there is no escape for that. And unfortunately, people's behavior is completely in contradiction to natural law, is it, it completely in contradiction to conscience and right from wrong. And therefore, they're bringing more and more and more chaos into the world as a result of this lack of understanding and their behavior that is in opposition to the, the laws of behavioral consequence. And until they make that recognition, and then adjust their thoughts and then subsequently adjust their behavior to align it with the laws of behavioral consequence or in other words, conscience. Don't expect the external conditions ever to improve, ever, ever. Because the laws of reality and the laws of the universe do not function that way. They do not allow for that level of ignorance. You are going to be bringing on negative results, meaning suffering, pain, chaos unto yourselves and others for as long as you continue to break those laws of nature. The end for all time. It doesn't make a difference what you think about that. That's the reality that we are all living in, whether any of us like it or even understand it or want to recognize it. That's it. It's not, not because I said so either. And, and again, if you're just thinking, oh, I don't like the way he just explained that. That seems uh, arrogant that he's so cocky and sure of that. Well, you're under emotional mind control because you're not actually hearing the information. All you want to hear is how it's being delivered. And I'm not going to back down on how I deliver something. And there, there's a reason for that. Because in a lot of ways... I'm not trying to reach the people that are under deep emotional mind control. I'm trying to reach people who can work with them and help to take them out of that state because that's not me. I'm here to work with the adults, ladies and gentlemen, and I've said this before. That's why I said the gloves are off, and I'm here talking to people who at least have part partially opened their eyes and want to be treated like adults. Then they can go and work with the little children who need to be baby spoon fed because that's not what I'm prepared to do. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Let's jump right back into the subject matter because I have. Some more to cover before we get to apophysis in the next hour. In slide number five, I talk about the difference between having conscience and exercising it, using it, putting it into practice in our lives. The exercise of conscience is about using the knowledge that we have acquired of the definitive difference between right and wrong under natural, under natural law, pardon me. The exercise of conscience is the willful choosing of right action over wrong action. The willful choosing of right action over wrong action. Once that definitive knowledge of the difference between right and wrong has been acquired. It's that simple. You now know what the difference between 
a right and a wrong is. So therefore, you willfully choose only to exercise actions which are your right to take. And you say no to doing things which you know, definitively know, you do not have a right to take. Actions which you do not have a right to take. It's that simple. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I've said this before many times. It is so much more about what we need to stop doing, what we need to say no to. And that's why in the second part of the show today, I'm going to be explaining the entire dynamic of apophysis or saying no. The most powerful word in the universe, no. We have to understand this word. We have to use it. And the new age, the new age movement people won't be happy about that and tough. You know, they want to make everything about affirmation and nothing about negation. When in fact, it's almost entirely about negation. It's almost entirely about the refusal of things, recognizing them as that which will lead to chaos and suffering and saying, no, I will not go there. I will not do that. And sadly, there's so little courage in the world to to make that statement, to wrong, to say no to, to the doing of wrong deeds because people want the little trinkets that are tossed before them by their masters for doing things that they have absolutely no right to do. And again, their masters aren't doing this. That's why I keep trying to explain to people, yes, the dark occultists of this world understand how the mind and how the motivations operate, and they're all too willing to dangle that carrot out in front of you, but you're the one who's doing the action, and therefore the culpability lies with the one who is doing the action. The overwhelming bulk of the culpability and consequence under natural law lies with the one who is actually taking the action. And a lot of people will fight and argue over that too. Go right ahead. It'll never change the reality that an order barker, one who is just barking out orders, okay, is not going to deal with the same level of karmic natural law consequence than the person who follows their immoral order will. That is the reality of how natural law functions. So you can blame it on the elitists sitting up in their ivory towers, telling people, do this, do that, all you want. They're not the people who are actually destroying people's rights. The police and the military are the ones who are actually taking those actions to destroy other people's rights, which they have no right to do themselves. But they're the ones taking those actions. On the next slide, I reiterated in so many words in a, in a slightly different way what I said last week about these people do not have conscience. They do not have that definitive knowledge in hand, or at least they're not exercising it. Whether they have it or not, regardless of whether they have it or not, they're not exercising it. So I wrote on an image in front of images of the police and military, by definition, by the very definition of the term, if you are following orders, 
You cannot be exercising conscience. These are complete diametrically opposed opposites. They are antitheses. Antitheses, completely diametrically opposed ideas. It is an impossibility to do both of these things at the same time. And yet there are so many people that will tell you that that's possible. It is not possible. It is not possible. Because even if you're following an order that you believe is right, and you're following it because you are under orders, you're not really doing that action because you know it to be right. You're following it because you were ordered to. If you're, if you're following orders... And if you know something is wrong, whether you know something is wrong or not, if it is wrong and you're choosing to follow it, you're certainly not exercising your conscience. People who willfully act out of conscience do not do so because they're saying that they're following orders. That's not why they're doing it. They're doing it because they definitively know the difference between right and wrong and are choosing the right over the wrong. And that is not what any cop, any soldier in the history of humanity has ever been doing. They have been following orders. And they're all too happy to tell you that. And this goes back to, you know, I want to even drudge up some old things. You know, I want to put, I'm going to put on the, the uh, uh, podcast that video that I posted back months ago of a, a cop who would, uh, was an African-American cop in a, in a major U.S. city. I think he was outside of Washington, D.C. or in Washington, D.C. And he said, if I were ordered to do it, I would enforce segregation laws against African-American citizens. In other words, if the, if the, the Congress passed a law saying there's now segregation laws are now back in place, we're going to begin discriminating against all African-American human beings, I would, as an African-American even, you know, which is showing you, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's, he's African-American. It's because, the reason I even emphasize that in the show when I brought this up is because this, this being's belief in authority, his religion, his religious, his erroneous religious beliefs, okay, his dogma is even more powerful than his identification with whatever uh, race he claims to be a member of. And this is the case with almost anyone who believes in authority. That trumps every other form of identification. And I've talked about how race is basically an illusion as well. And, you know, people who identify with that don't understand what's really going on. They don't get it, you know, regardless of where that racism may be coming from or who's enacting it or who's putting that, those ideas out there. It's always a, an illusion of false identification, of identification with the false ego self. And that cop, even he probably even has that level of racial identification and that is completely and utterly trumped by his identification with authority because he's saying even if you want to oppress people I generally identify with in other areas of my life I'm still going to say yeah I'll oppress them because I believe you have the right to do that because you passed a law 
and I am the enforcer of that law. That's all I do is follow orders. That's the definition of not having a conscience. This, this individual does not possess a conscience. He does not have that knowledge. He's certainly not exercising a conscience, making a decision like that, or claiming that he would make a decision like that. And th this is the most reprehensible type of human being that exists. There is no fouler form of human being that exists on the planet. You are no, you're, you're be below an animal. Animals don't make choices like that. You are below, beneath animal consciousness, far below it. And it's sad. It's not something, you know, I, I don't want to hate people like that. It's so sad. You're so ill, you don't even understand how ill you are. You are so destroyed. You, your real self is devastated, is totally annihilated, is totally destroyed. And you don't even care enough about yourself to even know that. And that's extraordinarily sad. Extraordinarily sad. But these are the people who are building the dark new world order, ladies and gentlemen. And until you get up in their face and make them see the error of their ways, whether they want to see it or not, they're going to keep building that dark new world order unchallenged. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, working with the second hour of the show today. I want to say a few words about justification, which I brought up last week near the end of the program. The people who continue to tread on other people's rights think somehow that they have some kind of a right to do this think somehow that they own someone else when they don't even own their own selves. They don't even own their own minds or actions. Okay? They want to give away personal responsibility to some master who's going to tell them everything that they need to do, and that'll make it okay. Endlessly justify their actions. And so do people who th other people who think they have these imagined rights, who think that they're allowed to be doing what they're doing because some psychopath in a suit and tie wrote it down in a book. You know, you, you can write anything down and say you have a right to do it, but that'll never make it true. You can claim you can, you know, put infant children on spits and roast them over coals and eat them, but that's not going to ever make that true. It's never going to make it true. It's always going to be a wrong forever, for eternity. Writing it down is not going to change a thing, which is why people have to get out of this mind control that somehow written down laws that are penned by man are somehow always in harmony with the laws of nature when nothing could be farther, further from the truth. As a matter of fact, the vast majority of them are not in keeping with natural law and therefore leading people deeper and deeper into a chaotic manifestation of reality. Justification. People love it because they, they try to use it to absolve themselves of their personal responsibility for making the right choice or the wrong choice as the case may be. It comes from Latin jus which means right or law. 
okay, which is the root word for justice. We will have justice when we are really living in harmony with true law, natural law. That's when we will be living in a state of right action. These come from the same word. The verb facere, which means to make or to create, forms the other part of it. And that's what justification is doing. It is a feeble attempt to turn a wrong into a right or to create a right, quote unquote, create a right which does not exist. You can never create a right, which is why I put it in double quotes. There's no such thing as creating rights. Rights are not made by man. Rights are inherent to creation. They are, they are already self-existing and the universe put them there the cr- because the creator of the universe put right and wrong in place. That's it. So there is no such thing as creating a right, granting a right, which is why all forms of government are, it, it is absolutely utter nonsense and completely unjustified, meaning it's wrong. You can't justify it. People think that somehow an authority figure can claim that they have rights that other people don't have. There's no such thing as laying claim to a right that is a wrong. You can never say, oh, that's wrong. Anybody else does it, it's wrong. But I'm going to claim it as a right, that I'm allowed to do it. But that's what justification is. I'm going to do this wrong and then I'm going to claim somehow make a claim that it was okay for me to do for whatever reason. I'm going to invent a reason in my head. People need to stop falling for this and they need to stop supporting the people who continue to do this practice. Because they're wrong no matter what justifications they use to support their immoral behavior. We'll be right back and talk about apophysis. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We were talking about justification, slide number eight, with a disturbing image of bodies piled in a field. And I said, as long as people keep justifying immoral behavior, expect to see more and more of this in the human future. Atrocities committed by all kinds of regimes throughout history. Doesn't matter where or when. It's all based on people and their belief in authority, believing that they need to continue to follow orders who will never say no. They're yes men, the most dangerous kind of individual in the world, somebody who unquestioningly, blindly accepts authority and says yes to it, completely putting their conscience into a grave. And ultimately, if enough people continue to do that action, 
they put themselves into a grave. And humanity as a whole is moving toward this condition. They don't understand just how quickly they're moving toward it. They want to make it about the people at the very top, you know, espousing whatever tenets or ideologies they may espouse. But ultimately, you bought into that idea and actually took the action. And once again, that's, I, that's what I want to emphasize about why we should not be supporting anybody who is a follower of orders. You shouldn't have a whole lot of respect or admiration for these people. These are the people that whose behavior is lo- should be loathsome to us. I'm not saying hate them. Attempt to continue to change them. And I'm not saying go along with their actions either. That doesn't mean you may need to physically stop them from taking their actions. Okay? So, what, what I'm saying is we need to get the information about how wrong what these people are doing and that they don't have a right to do these things into their hands before they bring something far worse down upon themselves and everyone else around them. Because that's the direction we seem to be headed. And the answer for the non-supportive dominators and for what these quote dominators themselves because they're not the real dominators they're taking orders from the real dominators okay they think they're in control they're not in the police and military are in control of nothing nothing their mind is handed over to people who actually are in control of them they own their body they because they own their mind and they can't see that People under this level of mind control think they're somehow in control of their own actions and this is what they want to do. But they're still taking that action. They're still taking it. And I would even argue, yes, it's still an act of your will because you bought the idea. You bought the idea from the psychopath. You bought the idea from the globalist or the elitist or the psychopath or the occultist. You bought into their worldview that's utter nonsense. And now you're taking actions based on their commands, an order follower. And somehow you wear that as a badge of honor. You're not, that's not, I've said this before, that's not a man or a woman. That's the exact opposite of that. That's the lack of individual self. That, you know, that doesn't make you bold or courageous or something that should be admired, that makes you weak and deplorable and something that should be looked at with pity because you're ill. You're ill. You're psychologically ill. You're mentally ill. You're spiritually ill. You're completely ill. And many of you have no idea. You don't even know it. Well, someone needs to reach out and try to help these individuals become well, become whole again, because they are fragmented within their mind and within their heart, and they're ultimately, their true self is destroyed for the most part. As to whether it can be resurrected, the answer is in saying no, to develop the courage to say no to things that you know are wrong that everyone knows is wrong. You know when people are suffering. You know when you're not doing the right thing. You know when you're hurting someone else. You know this. Everyone knows this. Everyone. 
but you want the paycheck or you want the prestige or you want to just maintain the job or you want to maintain your living situation or your conditions or whatever. It doesn't make a difference. All of that is justification. Trying to make a wrong into a right. I'm going to do this because if I don't, I might lose my house because I might not be able to pay my bills. Well, then lose your house. That's it. That's the kind of resolve and courage this is going to take. You may need to live homeless for a while by choosing the right thing. Yes, yes, that is what I would tell someone. Yes, that is what you do need to do. If you can't, if you absolutely have no other recourse, well, maybe you might even need to starve. I won't have any food. To, I won't have any money to buy food. Well, maybe you should still choose the right thing and starve. How about that? How about that? I'll look somebody in the face and tell them that. Yeah, a, 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 a secret police from, you know, Soviet Russia given orders to go and kill someone or otherwise, hey, maybe you go in the bread line with everyone else or even worse. Grow a set. How about that? And stand up to evil. No, you're too spiritually weak for that. Which is proof these people are not real men and women. They want to think of themselves as some kind of tough guys. But they're not real men. They're cowards. They're cowards when it comes to actually standing up to evil. They won't tell their superiors to shove it. No, I'm not going to do that. Laugh at, laugh at orders as if somebody thinks they have a right to order someone else around. Tell them what they should be doing. And the fact that people even buy into this shows what kind of psychological infants, children they are. But more than that, it really ultimate, what it really goes down to showing unequivocally out in the light of day is that these people are self-haters. They hate who they are. That's why they want to continue to bring about more suffering upon themselves. Something inside them hates what they are. And ultimately, the only thing that can truly heal this entire situation is for people to come to grips with their weaknesses, admit them, admit that you're weak, admit that there's something wrong with you, that you have an imbalance, that you have an illness, that you are weak, that you are ill, that you are sick. And that you need help. And there are plenty of people who are willing to come and help. People, I don't personally want to see anyone suffer like that. Want to be sick. Want to be in this existential sickness of self-loathing behavior. Because somehow you can't develop respect for yourself. That respect is only truly going to come about by saying no. Apophysis. Saying no. Let's look at it in depth, let's talk about what it actually is, and then let's break down some examples of it in allegorical fiction. We'll be right back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening? Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let's jump right back into the subject material. On slide number nine, I have the concept of apophysis. 
which we want to really explore today and take a look at in allegorical fiction. Apophysis, A-P-O-P-H-A-S-I-S, apophysis, otherwise known as apophatic inquiry, the opposite of cataphatic inquiry, okay? What this is, is affirmation through negation. It means to arrive at an understanding, okay, to arrive at knowledge by way of the exclusion of known negatives, it has also been called descri- uh, describing what something is by explaining that which it definitely is not. So you're going to arrive at an understanding of something by saying, well, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, until you have an, a list of that which it definitely is not, and then you come to know more about what it is by definitively recognizing that which it is not. So you arrive at knowledge, which is an affirmation, which is a positive thing by way of negation or saying that which it is not. Okay. And that's what the word actually means. Apophysis is a Greek noun. Okay. Alpha, pi, omicron, Phi, Alpha, Sigma, Iota, Sigma is how it is spelled in Greek. Apophysis. Okay, it's a noun that is derived from the Greek verb apophani, which means not to speak. Not to speak. But see, there's a connotation to this verb in Greek. It doesn't mean to remain utterly silent. It really means to say no. To say no. To say that which something is not. Okay? Negative description would be a good way of defining the word, the verb apophani. Saying that which it is not. The symbol of apophysis has been used in many different ways in the mystery traditions symbolically and I place this image on the left on this slide with the initiate who has arrived at an understanding of natural law and as such he is standing in between the raised pillars that are depicted as jed pillars in the Egyptian tradition or I should say the Kemetian tradition with the winged disc of Maat, the goddess of justice and law, higher law, order, peace, prosperity, justice, higher law, natural law is what this goddess represented as the lintel above in this doorway or this gateway this stargate that the initiate has passed through because it is a stargate of understanding. He is now in understanding of the laws of nature. His feet arranged in the Masonic square, the upright square, not the inverted square that lies under the compasses, but the one that has been turned upright, a 90 degree angle, a right angle. That's why it is the symbol of the master of the lodge, 
okay? Turned upright, grasped by the balance point. He is the balance point represented in the image as the middle pillar in between the other pillars that leads to the solar disk, the stargate, the sun, the light, the way, the truth, the life, the light of the world, cosmic illumination, Christed consciousness. And he has his finger up to his lips in the typical shh pose, you know, shushing someone. But that's not, it doesn't mean don't speak, stay silent. It means say no. Say no to that which is wrong. That is how you say yes to that which is right. You stop doing action which is immoral, which is morally wrong, which is not within your natural law rights to take in the world. And we talked about apophysis is how you arrive at the understanding of what you have a right to do and not do. You describe that which you do not have a right to do because it causes harm to others. It causes suffering. The natural law transgressions, which we talked about in the natural law section. Go back, listen to those podcasts, listen to them over and over again if you have to. Understand what a right is not. That's how you know what your rights are. Your rights are actions which you may perform that do not cause harm to another living being through the four natural law, basic natural law transgressions which all boil down to theft, taking something which you do not have a right to take, taking something which is not yours. Again, this is all about ownership, self-ownership, possession. You see these words come up over and over again, even in the definitions. Conscience is the possession of knowledge. Sovereignty is self-ownership. The ownership of your own mind, thoughts, your own thoughts, emotions, and actions, not giving them away to someone else because you don't want the personal responsibility of using them wisely. This is what apophysis is, and it is the apology. It's the same thing. This concept represents the apology. Apologos. We can break that word down. See, the the noun thanai. In Greek is to speak, which is the where the phasis comes from, apophasis, apophysis. Okay. And apo means the negation of or to take away or to remove. To, so to take away speaking, not to speak, to say no. Apology means to take away the word. Apo logos, apology. To remove the word. Well, that's how we speak, through the word. It means you're giving the word back. You're saying no to evil. And as such, you're saying yes. You know, the theft of the logos is what the original true sin is about. Because what you're really trying to do is say, through your words, your justifications, that you have rights which you don't have. That's what all, quote, sin or all transgressions against natural law are about. Making a claim. That's your word. You're making a claim. You're lying. You're saying something is right when it isn't. You're saying you have a right that you don't. That the creator did not give you inherently. 
And that's what making an apology is about, giving back the word where it rightfully belongs. Not saying that you have a right to do things that you don't have a right to do anymore. Apology, to take away the word. And ultimately, that word is saying yes to evil. You're, you're removing the yes and replacing it with a no to evil. So it's the same as apophysis. Again, that's why this symbol of the enlightened initiate in the stargate with his hand over his, his finger up over his lips, that's why this is used. It's an ancient concept that still applies today. More now, more than ever is when it needs to be employed. We need to step up and say no. We need to say no to people trying to take our rights and the people who are appointed to enforce those wrongs need to say no to their owners and stop doing those actions. Stay with us. We're going to break down these four movies on the other side of this break. Looking for new... We're back, everyone. Talking about apophysis today on what on earth is happening, a concept many people have never heard of but should become very familiar with if they want to really understand what's going to be required to get us out of this mess that we're in, in consciousness here on the earth. And there is a, another aspect of apophysis that people may recognize. Of course, yes, the beginning. See, this has to do with speaking, of, of course, okay? It has to do with vibration, the kind of vibration we need to be in to say no, to know that which is right and that which is wrong. It's all about vibration. The connection that we need to make to get into that vibration, to the divine force of creation, regardless of what you want to call that, look at that as, Okay, again, that's someone's personal um, connection that they need to forge on a one-to-one -one basis. I'm not here to tell anyone what that force or that intelligence, that divine creative force is. That's up to you to forge that connection, okay? But the word does also derive from the Egyptian god Apep, okay, who we talked about before on the show. And... The Greek variant of that god was Apophis. This was a god of darkness, of chaos in many ways, of the abyss, of the void. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why he stands against the word, why the name comes from the negation of the word. Okay, because, yes, vibration is that divine force. Everything is the word. The universe, the one word, the one song, the one sound. It's all about vibration. Vibration stops. Things collapse back into the void or darkness. There is no light. The universe is spoken into existence. So it's very important to keep in mind, this does not mean not to speak the truth. This is not telling the initiate, never say anything. That's, that's how it's completely misinterpreted, or that's the interpretation given by the dark occult to their initiates, that you never speak of this information that you now know. 
It is to be spoken of. It is to be shared widely and freely. There should not be secrecy and hiding of information if you really want to see order brought into the world. So Apep, who is going against the word, in other words, closing down those vibrations, the light, okay, to bring the world into chaos. It's named after him for a reason, the removal of the word. Okay, that's in a dark sense, yes. But again, if you're taking away the word from where it rightfully belongs, okay, instead of leaving it with that divine intelligence where it belongs, meaning you're trying to take or create rights which you do not have, okay, you're acting like Apep or Apophis. You could look at it as Satan or the dark incarnation of Lucifer. It doesn't matter. It's all the same concept. But the concept to take away the word and give it back to, from man and give it back to where it rightfully belongs. We are not the word. See, we are not the logos. We are part of it, but no man is it. And that's what people who take the word and make claims that they're God and they have a right to appoint rights to themselves or deny others rights that they do inherently have or try to delegate rights to other people that they don't have. That's what they're trying to be. They're trying to be God. They have taken the word by making that claim. I hope people can understand that. I know it's a little bit heady of a concept, but if you really meditate or contemplate on it, you will understand all the connections in language to this word. There's not many people, not many researchers talk about this concept. I know one of them is Michael Tessarion who says we need to fall in love with the word no, and he's right. You know, he does talk about ap apophatic inquiry. I like to think I've expanded on it even more so because this is such an important concept. So let's look at these movies in the, in the remainder of the show. The first is The Matrix. Well, first of all, in slide number 10, I've just posted here in no uncertain terms that the most powerful word in the universe is no. That's it. It isn't yes, it's no. That's the, that's the word of power. And you might even say it is the lost word, as they call it in the mystery traditions or in Freemasonry specifically. No is the lost word. It is the word that we have seemingly not been able to say with any true power, with any true force behind it. We keep saying yes to evil, and we refuse to say no to evil. And these three images are... Places in these powerful allegorical films, which the heroes of the film have found the courage and the power to speak the word of power, which is no, I will not cooperate. I will not accept your worldview. I will not do what you tell me to do for another instant. That's when you have all the power that creation will ever afford to you. That's what real power is. I will not do what's wrong. And it is found in the negative, ladies and gentlemen, and the New Age movement doesn't want you to know that. It's put out there by a lot of dark occultists. Not all of them. There's some good information in, in even within that movement. I say I don't state that as a blanket statement and never have. But 
A lot of people in the New Age movement are useful idiots because they bought into this completely erroneous idea of what the law of attraction is really about. Affirmation through negation, apophysis, saying no, is what the real law of attraction is about. And you will attract to yourself the greatest amount of power when you negate immorality, when you negate doing things that you know you do not have the right to do. And you say, no, I will not be part of that at any capac- in any capacity to the extent that it is within my capability. So this slide kind of summarizes the movies that we're going to look at. And I did not put one of them in there because there's not actually, it's kind of about the failure, the failure of Apophysis, the last movie I'm going to talk about. And I don't know if I'm going to even get to the last slide. I'm, I might leave that as a mystery image. You know, I almost didn't get a chance to discuss the initiate in the Stargate on that show. I rushed it in the last few minutes of the show. But I might even let this one dangle over and explain it in another in next week's show or something. I really want to talk about these movies. The Matrix, okay? One of the greatest spiritual allegories ever made. Neo, the hero of the Matrix who represents the higher mind, the neocortex, okay? Finally finds his real power as the one. His name means new. Neo means new, okay? And you rearrange the letters to form one, meaning the balanced individual, the individual who is living in harmony with natural law, the individual who has united his thoughts, his emotions, and his actions, the individual who has united the, the um, uh, left and right brain hemisphere so that the brain, the neocortex, is operating in a state of balance or oneness, okay, in conjunction with the heart or conscience, in the, at the end of the movie, when he, his heart is revived by the sacred feminine, see, his heart is physically pumped back to life by the sacred feminine, represented by Trinity, thought, emotion, and action coming together to reignite the pump, the center of the self, okay, the heart, the generative principle, true care. He finally steps up and stands up to the evil ones. And what does he say? The first word that leaves his mouth when when the agents hold up their weapons and prepare to give him orders is no. No. Is the word that Neo speaks to truly become the one and then there's no stopping him. He is able to manipulate the matrix at will. He is able to stop bullets by thought. I'm not saying that's a physical, actual reality. I'm saying that's where the real power to stop the inevitable chaos lies in saying no to evil. Not going along anymore. Refusing orders. This is so beautifully portrayed in this movie. Because the allegory of the Matrix is absolutely one of the highest level spiritual allegories that has ever been made. And very, very few people really understand it with any depth. And it's sad that people can watch allegory and it can go right over their head. I'm going to break down the last three in the last segment. 
I think I'll leave that odd image for next week. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Stay with us. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Last segment of What on Earth is Happening for for today. Let's jump right back into the material. Image number 12 shows scenes from the movie Equilibrium. And again, that is considered to be the lost word of Freemasonry because equilibrium is what leads to the saying of the word no. Coming into harmony, equilibrium, balance, just like in the Matrix movie, when the Trinity is in the heart. Okay? Neo finally says no. Well, when there is balance, true balance, the hero of this movie, uh, the grammaton cleric John Preston, who is standing up to the man as God, father of the Tetragrammaton, the totalitarian world government, okay, who look at themselves as God, Tetragrammaton being a name for God, okay, he finally says no. The idea in equilibrium is that all emotions are outlawed. The sacred feminine itself is outlawed. You're not allowed to display emotions. You could be incinerated for doing so, literally. So he's one of the enforcers. He's one of the cops in the allegory of this totalitarian regime led by father, who you see there on the right. And this is a Masonic allegory as well. Because the other Grammaton cleric who he finally has to go to war with, um, I believe his name is um, Brant in the movie, uh, you know, Christian Bale who plays John Preston, the Grammaton cleric, represents the white pillar, the pillar of Joaquin in Freemasonry. And then his opponent, Brant, who is trying to basically uh, make him slip up or, you know, show display emotion and ultimately turns him into the tetragrammaton. The, it turns him into father. And here, these are basically scenes from uh, the end of the movie when he is finally turned in and uh, they're getting ready to, you know, try to put him down, but he ultimately puts them all down. Okay. Th this is the, light and dark pillar of Freemasonry. People think, oh, what well, has to do with race. It has nothing to do with race. They are putting a African-American man in the role of Brandt to represent the dark pillar, which represents darkness, the moon pillar, the lunar. Okay, Yes, it also represents in the synthesis between the masculine and feminine, the, the feminine. But if you look at it from uh, Freemasonry as representing, especially in the first degree tracing board, as I explained it, if you turn it to its side, you look at it as a stepwise progression from darkness to light, which is what the tradition is actually about. 
the progression from ignorance to knowledge, from not understanding natural law to fully understanding it and choosing to live in harmony with it, okay, he is the dark pillar, Brandt, the, the, the evil Grammaton cleric. And John Preston is the light pillar that represents the sun, the light, okay, that you have to come to an understanding of natural law. You have to arrive at knowledge, which is what light is represented as light in Freemasonry, okay? So you'll, you see this pillar um, symbolism in the movie as well, especially when he comes into the chamber to do battle with Brant and Father, the, the one who thinks he's God, you know? So there's also an interesting, couple of interesting dynamics brought up in this movie. First of all, the symbolism is very powerful. You see the Tau cross and the equal armed cross formed by the, the conjunction of the four Tau crosses in the bottom right hand of this slide. Uh, but you also see the octagon around it representing the hypercube. Clearly, someone had high amounts of occult symbolic knowledge to put this in the controller's room. These are all symbols of the control system in the occult. Okay, And the room is octagonal. You look at the end scene, one of the scenes leading up to the end, the fight scene at the end, the big dramatic fight scene. But uh, John Preston uh, displays no emotion. See, it's showing the emotional mind control is over, and now he's ready to really say no. He's not thinking with his emotions anymore. Okay, that's what this... Um, uh, galvanic skin response test that he's hooked up to when he's in the offices of father is about. And I highly recommend people watch this movie. It's difficult to explain the entire thing just in a few moments, but basically this uh, former order follower who finally has a moment of conscience and refuses his orders is coming after his totalitarian oppressors, his former masters. And He's, they're interviewing him to see if he's has emotions now and he's displaying all these emotions. They, they now know, you know, he's outed himself and the, the father character is saying, well, you've now given, a, uh, given us, given yourself to us calmly and coolly without, without any incident. And that's the moment that his emotions go flatline. And now he's going to step up and do what needs to be done totally without thinking about it in an emotional sense, which is sadly what it may need to come down to. Everything I do on this show, as I've said many times, is to avert that, is to avoid it having to ever come down to anything like that, like what we had to go through in the first American Revolution. And it's always a failure to have to do it that way, but there are many people who will definitively choose to continue to do it that way if it can't be done through consciousness because they're not willing to just say no I'm going to cast in all the chips and say I'm done and I'm not going to give anybody a chance in the future to resist this tyranny and oppression so it's always done in an act of love that level of rebellion in the physical sense but at the same time recognize that it always is, is a failure at some level because you're probably going to have to go there again because you haven't gotten it done in consciousness and you haven't really taught people 
So that's a hard lesson to learn in the movie. And I figured I'd comment on it a little bit. Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the next movie depicted in image 13. And the star of the movie is the ape Caesar. He's the hero who is evolving to, into something more than what he was. Okay. And now humans are trying to hold him, his evolutionary development back and still treat him like an animal which is what this control system is all about. He's different than the other apes. There are qualities to him that are different. Even if you think you need to exercise control of, over feral animals, he is something different and has evolved to a place that is beyond the regular ape creature. And he is being controlled by this other guard uh, in this uh, facility the guard is named Dodge, and you see him hitting him with a pain stick, with a pain compliance stick, a, an electrical, like a cattle prod. And Caesar finally recognizes his moment of truth and his moment of power by finally saying no, depicted in the bottom left here, to Dodge. And then he goes on to lead his fellow apes to freedom. You don't know what happens. Well, maybe you do because it kind of, you know what happens eventually, you know, he can't really control the other apes at some point in the future. But the point here is he doesn't find his power as the most intelligent of them, recognizing that Brant, uh, I'm sorry, Dodge is doing something that is, he doesn't have a right to do and he's wrong for doing. He doesn't recognize that true power and come into a position of true leadership until he says no. And then finally, the movie The Box, the last image, uh, I'm sorry, the second to last, image number 14, a stranger with this distorted face comes to a house of a couple and presents the choice. He gives a box to them with a red button inside of it that they have to open and press. And if they press that button, they will receive a million dollars in cash, but someone that they don't know will die. So they have to ignore their conscience if they want that million dollars and press that button, and of course, they do. The woman presses that button. She won't say no to something that she knows is wrong. And ultimately, the movie, I highly encourage everyone to watch it, is about the consequences that will inevitably result by the refusal to say no. A great movie, The Box with Cameron Diaz from 2009. Check it out. We could talk about, about these a little bit more. has moved 